perpetual traveler through the Bible. Please join me for this bird's eye view of the scriptures. Stay as long as you like and let us together discover a bit more about the Bible from the beginning to the end. In the previous podcast, when we dealt with the stories of Samuel and David, I said that the books of 2 Samuel and 1 Chronicles both cover the same period of history, but they offered slightly different perspectives on the events that occurred during that time. So these two books complement each other, providing a more complete picture of the events that took place during that time period. The books of 2 Kings and 2 Chronicles also link together chronologically, just like 2 Samuel and 1 Chronicles, and in general provide a historical account of the kings of Israel and Judah. Here in 2 Kings and 2 Chronicles we have a quick moving narrative, over and over again, of the downfall of one king after another, usually murdered by someone who had an aspiration for the throne. Put another way, this would be government by assassination. The story of the nation of Israel, the ten tribes which constituted the northern kingdom, is that of moral apostasy. The danger to a nation which gives itself over to what it supposes is liberty, disregarding what is right and just, and choosing instead to act in ways that ignored everything that God had warned them against since the Israelites had entered the promised land. There is one thing that we should all keep in mind when reading these books of the Old Testament. Although these problems occurred historically to the nation of Israel, they also have been recorded for us as examples of what dangers and stumbling blocks the church would encounter. Although these historical accounts were inspired by God the Holy Spirit, there is something in common between the nation of Israel and today's church. Both Israel and the modern church consisted of human beings with a flesh-controlled carnal nature. Have you ever said to yourself, Oh, I'm just tired of these problems and restrictions of the Christian life. If I could just do what I want, and go where I please, and say what I like, and abandon myself to the pursuit of pleasure, then I would be happy. Look what is recorded in 2 Kings chapter 17, verses 16-17. to 17. And they abandoned all the commandments of the Lord their God, and made for themselves metal images of two calves, and they made an Asherah, and worshipped all the host of heaven, and served Baal. Then they burned their sons and their daughters as offerings, and used divination and omens, and sold themselves to do evil in the sight of the Lord, provoking him to anger. This is the same condition which Paul characterizes in the first chapter of the letter to the Romans. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth, for what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world, in the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God, or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools, and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man, and birds and animals and creeping things. 
Therefore God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator, who is blessed for ever. Amen. For this reason God gave them up to dishonorable passions, for their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature, and men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with a passion for one another, men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them but give approval to those who practice them. Notice in this passage from Romans 1 verses 18 to 32 how the words gave them up is repeated three times. This is the story of moral apostasy, when a nation casts aside all the bounds and restrictions and they live life as they please and the result is the removal of every restraint of godliness and goodness in the life. It becomes a moral disaster. This happened here in Israel, and the rest of the book of Second Kings is the story of the fall of Israel, followed by the captivity of Judah, the southern kingdom, consisting of the two tribes of Judah and Benjamin. The downfall of Judah is the story of the danger of the hardened heart, of a nation which received a warning through the downfall of the northern kingdom but nevertheless refused to take notice of that warning and became indifferent to the warnings of God. So they failed as well. This failure is recorded in 2 Kings chapter 21, verses 10-14. to 14. And the Lord said by his servants the prophets, Because Manasseh, king of Judah, has committed these abominations and has done things more evil than all that the Amorites did who were before him, and has made Judah also a sin with his idols. Therefore thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Behold, I am bringing upon Jerusalem and Judah such disaster that the ears of everyone who hears it will tingle, and I will stretch over Jerusalem the measuring line of Samaria, and the plumb line of the house of Ahab, and I will wipe Jerusalem as one wipes a dish, wiping it and turning it upside down and I will forsake the remnant of my heritage and give them into the hands of their enemies, and they shall become a prey and a spoil to all their enemies. Why did Judah fall? They succumbed to the terrible peril of a hardened heart, an indifference to the warnings of God. Perhaps at this point we should stop and look at our own lives. Are we heeding the warnings of our loving Heavenly Father as they are played out and shown to us through the lives of others? In the midst of these two books are the beautiful stories of Hezekiah and Josiah, both kings of Judah, one who cleansed the temple and one who found the lost book of the law again. We are now coming to the last three historical books, Ezra, Nehemiah and Esther, 
which I will deal with as a unit. Ezra, Nehemiah, and Esther all tell the story of the nation and captivity, carried away at last into bondage after having morally deteriorated so far that they are no longer God's people, giving glory to God by their presence amongst the heathen nations, but have become the laughingstock of the world, having lost all their integrity and witness. Again, we will pause here and look at our own lives and ask the question, as Christians, have we still got our integrity and witness? While Israel is still in bondage, God begins to work. And at last, after the 70 years of captivity, Ezra is raised up to lead a group back into the desolate land of Palestine to begin the rebuilding of the temple. The book of Ezra is the story of a discouraged people, along with a reluctance to leave the captivity of Babylon. Only a handful of the exiles could be persuaded to go. The rest were so blinded that they decided to stay in captivity and they drifted off and lost themselves among the nations of the world. That is why we call them the lost tribes of Israel. No one knows where they are or who they are. They are completely lost because they have lost their identity and no longer know who they are. But those who are willing to go back found all the promises of God waiting for them when they returned to the land. The danger and stumbling blocks of these three books together is that of a discouraged heart. Sometimes we all get into this frame of mind when we say, what's the use? I might as well just give up and stay where I am. I know I'm not victorious. I know I'm not walking with God. I know I'm getting nowhere. I might just as well give up and stay this way. Well, this is the danger that will come upon us in that state. However, the story of Ezra, Nehemiah and Esther is also the story of triumphant faith in the midst of those negative circumstances. A remnant did finally return and began to build the second temple. The book of Nehemiah is the story of the opposition and harassment by everyone else attempting to keep the exiles from coming back into the grace and glory of God. When we are in defeat, we discover that every obstacle will be put in our path to keep us from returning to God. The book of Esther is the story of the victory of God when faced with seemingly impossible circumstances. God watches over his own and he delivers them. The individuals who stand out as examples of those who overcome the danger and stumbling blocks of a discouraged heart in these three books are Ezra, Nehemiah and Esther themselves. All three showed the triumph of faith in the midst of defeated circumstances. We have come to the end of the historic books of the Bible, and I would like to help look at your own life and try to recognize any of these perils shown in these twelve historical books. In the book of Joshua, the danger was premature contentment. In Judges and Ruth, it was dedicated ignorance. The peril of 1 Samuel was legalistic conformity and divided allegiance. Second Samuel and First Chronicles warns us about a forgotten calling, and One Kings and Second Chronicles tells the story of the peril of a self-centered life and a substitute faith. The books of Second Kings and Second Chronicles tell us about the danger of moral apostasy and a hardened heart. Finally, Ezra. Nehemiah and Esther describe the peril of a discouraged heart. 
Are you struggling with any of these forces? I have found that the best way that you can overcome them is to identify the peril you are specifically facing and to take the appropriate book and read it prayerfully, asking God to speak to you and show you the way of deliverance in the midst of that kind of defeat. That is the purpose of all these historical books to any believer, that we might know the pressures that we face as Israelites in the Promised Land and the means by which God can take us through. And I am confident that these 12 books will be a blessing to you. This is David Wiles, your fellow traveler in Christ, and this has been the podcast of the Bible, From the Beginning to the End, Episode 11. Thank you.